morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1 Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each of you from God our Father and our Lord and King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. God our Father, the giver of life, whose Holy Spirit wells up within your church, by the Spirit's gifts, equip us to live the gospel of Christ and make us eager to do your will, that we may share with the whole creation the joys of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our reading for Reformation Sunday is from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Lutheran Christians have historically taken the last Sunday in October and set it aside to celebrate the Reformation of the Church, which Martin Luther unleashed as he nailed his 95 Theses on the door of the church in Wittenberg. Now, we do not engage in worshiping Dr. Luther or any of the other reformers who joined him some 502 years ago. Instead, it is a time to thank God for using these reformers to bring back to light the truth of the gospel. Amid this divine service, amid Redeemer's past two or so years of working out our five-year plan and aligning everything with our mission, it would be very tempting to merely linger and look at a past event. But we know that God not only worked in those past events, but works for his people even today. Now, considering the regularity of the sin manifest in our lives and in this world, it seems fitting that we would gather around God's word to hear the Reformation words of Jesus. Words spoken long ago, but as incisive as ever. Jesus' words of Reformation cut across the time and space he created, as the book of Hebrews reminds us. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In our gospel lesson, Jesus speaks to some Jews who had believed in him. He tells them and us what it means to be one of his disciples. 
If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. In other words, stay in it, stay with it, rest by it. Yet, Jesus is not merely saying, rest in what I say. He is saying, rest in me and what I am doing for you. And we can rest in him because Jesus is the word we hear about in the very beginning of John's gospel. The word with God and the word that was God. The word that became flesh and dwelt among us. The word that these Jews had been hearing for years in the law and the writings and the prophets, our Old Testament, is literally standing before them. He is then telling them, abide in me, abide in what I say and do. In doing that, you will know the truth that forgiveness and salvation cannot be won by your own work or effort. But I am going to the cross to do it for you. This is the truth that will set you free from sin, death, and the devil. What great, fantastic news, especially for these who had been anticipating the promised Savior. But even this is too much for them, and the objections arise. This is not their idea of a Savior, their idea which does not align with God's Word. And it is telling as they protest, hey, we're Abraham's children and we have never been enslaved to anyone. What do you mean that we'll become free? This seems to be a sign of their disbelief in Jesus, or maybe they had convenient amnesia over their enslavement in Egypt and that it was God's mighty hand that saved them. Not to mention the irony of their protest while under the rule of a foreign occupier, the Roman Empire. Notice that they brandish their lineage card. Beyond their acute amnesia over their history, they think that their pedigree is what matters to God. They think their lineage is their bus pass to paradise. And so they are looking for a Messiah to clean up their earthly mess to overthrow their political oppressors, to give them a pat on the back for their being Abraham's children, and to make them great in the eyes of the surrounding nations. But to those who would listen to Jesus' words, Jesus was speaking words of reformation, saying that he was the true Savior, the only Savior from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And when he sets us free, we are free indeed, free to be forgiven children of God for the sake of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Now, we might think that the church would not lose sight of this good news, but as we observe today, there became a need for another reformation. The church of Luther's day had become stuck in the same rut as those Jews in our gospel lesson. Luther was ordained as a priest in Erfurt in 1507, and by then the gospel had become buried. The church was teaching that one could contribute to their own salvation, and worse, one had to contribute to it by praying the right prayers enough times paying enough money for an indulgence, and doing enough good works as ordered by Rome. The Pope became less and less a spiritual father and leader and more of a jail warden and parole officer. Doing what he ordered 
was the way to reduce your time of punishment in purgatory after you died before you could get into heaven. <laughs> and worse, people were being taught that their work of buying an indulgence could release a deceased loved one's soul from purgatory for the right price, of course. As the indulgence peddlers were known to say, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. This whole scheme of works righteousness became a torment to Luther. He spent countless nights in his room whipping himself, exposing himself to the cold, sleeping on the floor, depriving himself of the basic needs of food and sleep, among other agonies, all to atone for his sins. But instead of finding comfort and assurance, he only went further into despair, never knowing if he had done enough to placate God. He saw Jesus Christ as an angry judge waiting for the right moment to condemn him to an eternity in hell. It was Luther's return to Scripture as he studied them in his position as a university professor that he discovered the truth about Jesus. Truth that we cannot hear too many times. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let me say that again. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Luther, in these and other words of Scripture, discovered the truth that salvation does not depend on our works or efforts or the checks we write, but completely and utterly on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Boy, that, that marks today, doesn't it? How many times can we turn on the television or the radio, for that matter, and hear preachers talk about if you just send them so much money, they can get you the better blessing? Boy, we're just waiting for the blessing of God based on what we do and how hard we pray, etc., etc. It's mind-numbing. But for Luther, as the truth set him free, he did not keep the message of the real gospel to himself. He preached it from the pulpit. He taught it in the classroom, and he began to write about it. His 95 theses, or statements, was an effort to engage the debate over the practice of indulgences with other theologians. He nailed these statements to the doors of the Castle Church in Wittenberg on October 31, 1517, not knowing what maelstrom his hammer and nail would unleash. It was a tumult that God would use to bring the gospel back to light. And as the printing press made a timely arrival, this rediscovery of the gospel spread throughout Germany and beyond. Now, Luther's original intent was not to establish a new church, let alone have one named after him. He wanted Jesus' words of reformation to turn the church in the right direction. But Pope Leo X would have none of it, and by 1520 had sent a papal edict which excommunicated Luther from the Roman church as a heretic and more. The Holy Roman Emperor was then able to brand Luther an outlaw, meaning anyone could, heal, could kill him, anyone, at any time. Luther's very life was at stake. 
Yet, Luther would not recant, but continued to bring Jesus' words of reformation to everyone he could, because these words were true in Luther's day, too. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But what about you and me in the here and now? Jesus' words of reformation are for us, too. Praise be to God for that. If you abide in my word, Jesus says, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Beloved, as we cling to that promise, we remember that the Reformation didn't end some 502 years ago. You and I, we are called to a life of Reformation a life of daily repentance, a life of freely receiving the forgiveness Christ Jesus won for us on the cross, to freely receive his grace by the means he has appointed, his word and sacraments, as he comes to us, as he gives us his very self, his body and blood in and with the bread and wine. We are called to live our lives of faith together, and bring Jesus' words of reformation, the light of his good news, to others. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Merciful God, teach us to be faithful in change and uncertainty, that trusting in your word and obeying your will we may enter the unfailing joy of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.